Good morning, listeners. This is the pilot episode of Citizen U, a forum for exploring local government and related issues in depth to increase your civic literacy, and with that, your ability to be an effective participant in local democracy. I am your host, Mari Roden. Before I begin today's topic, I'd like to give you a short background on the impetus for this show. The name, Citizen You, is being recycled. It was coined probably 15 years ago by my then Ukiah City Council colleague, Marianne Landis, who had organized a series of four or five community forums that delve deeply into topics of concern at the time, actually topics that are still very relevant. They included housing, water, economic development. She organized panels of experts who gave presentations and answered questions from the audience. These forums were extremely well attended. More than 100 people came to each one. Then as now, the, vi the vision of Citizen U was to inform the public on issues of community concern so we could be well prepared to actively engage in decisions affecting our communities. I love this vision. I think it's incredibly important. It's why local journalism matters. And it is why I decided to do this show and ensure the legacy of those early Citizen U forums. Only this time it will be through the airwaves for all of Mendocino County to participate in. We're going to take calls uh, starting around 845 this morning. You can call in at 895-2448. Again, 895-2448, around a quarter to nine this morning. Okay, onward with today's topic. After World War II, California experienced a housing and population boom. At that time, there was little forethought as to the ultimate structures or entities that would govern a given region. Areas simply grew and expanded geographically. The lack of coordination and planning led to a multitude of overlapping, inefficient jurisdictional and service boundaries. And critically, the conversion of agricultural and open space lands to sprawl development. This was the context for legislation that attempted to address these problems. It, the legislation was called the Cortese-Knox-Hertzberg Act, which is now over 50 years old. The act established local agency formation commissions, affectionately known as LAFCOs, <laughs> in each county and endowed these LAFCOs with the power to create and dissolve local agencies and change their boundaries. LAFCOs are the legislative watchdog over city and special district boundaries. These commissions, LAFCO commissions, are obscure to most of us, yet they are important and powerful and affect our communities in surprising ways, as you will learn. My guest today is Mendocino County LAFCO's Executive Officer, Uma Hinman. Good morning, Uma. Thank you for having me on today. Great. Um, so, Uma, please tell me and the listeners a little about yourself, your background, executive officer. Sure. 
Um, it's a little bit of a circuitous route. Um, I grew up in Covalo and attended Humboldt State University, um, where I got a degree in environmental science. Um, from there, I moved to Grass Valley and uh, started working as a county planner with Nevada County. Um, after about six years with, as a county planner, I moved to uh, the consulting world and worked on water resources work and also got involved in preparing municipal service reviews, which is a statutory requirement for LAFCOs um, around the state. Um, in about 2011, I started my own consulting business and continued on working with uh, LAFCOs on pre preparing those uh, types of reports. Um, and in 2016, um, I uh, moved back to Covalo to be with family and um, was uh, became the contract staff and executive officer for Mendocino LAFCO. Thanks, Uma. I think we're lucky to have a, an executive officer for LAFCO who is uh, a native of Mendocino County. I gave a brief history um, of, of LAFCO as part of the introduction to the show. Is there anything you'd like to add to my description of LAFCO's function, purpose, context, history? Sure. Um, you provided some really great historical context, uh, so nice job. <laughs> in the early 1960s, uh, state legislation established a LAFCO for each county in the state, so uh, 58 LAFCOs in all. And they act, as, as you mentioned, as an oversight agency for local governments, including special districts and cities. Um, LAFCOs were tasked with reining in urban sprawl and inappropriate growth and promoting preservation of agricultural and open space lands through its authority over local government boundary decisions. Um, LAFCOs have three primary objectives, uh, to encourage the orderly formation of local government agencies and promote the pro efficient provision of services, preserve agricultural lands and open space resources, and to promote orderly growth and discourage urban sprawl. And we implement those objectives through um, approving the formation, um, reorganization, and dissolution of special districts and cities. And LAFCOs also have authority over which powers are activated for special districts and cities as well. On the subject of special districts, I think let's start there. Mendocino County has 49 special districts. What is a district? Why do they exist? Why do we have so many in Mendocino County? That's a good question. Um, special districts are local government agencies, um, most commonly formed to provide municipal services to residents that live in unincorporated areas of a county. The term incorporated refers to cities, um, such as Ukiah, Willits, Fort Bragg, Point Arena, um, and unincorporated refers to areas governed by the county. Um, some examples of our unincorporated communities include Boonville, uh, Mendocino, Hopland, Covalo, Laytonville. Um, Mendocino County has a high number of special districts, primarily due to the size and geographic um, isolation of many of its communities. For example, um, Covalo uh, is a very remote community located in northeastern Mendocino County. Um, due to its location, there are few opportunities for shared facilities and infrastructure. Piercy, Leggett, Laytonville, Boonville, Elk, Irish Beach, Comchi, all these little communities are very remote and isolated. It makes it difficult to uh, share services and infrastructure and governance between them. 
Um, special districts have their own governing bodies. Um, they're elected by residents of the district to represent them, and they have authority to provide services that are authorized by their governing law and as granted by LAFCO. Uh, some examples of special district services include water, wastewater, um, fire, uh, cemetery, stormwater, so flood and water conservation or other services. Um, some districts are single service and others uh, like um, community services districts, public utility districts, uh, they can provide multiple municipal services. CSDs uh, may provide a wide variety of services under CSD law and uh, as activated um, with specific powers and can provide a local government structure in rural communities similar to that of an incorporated city. Um, they even have the power to activate powers for uh, planning and police powers in some cases. Um, a local example of a pretty uh, comprehensive CSD is the Brook Trails Township CSD, which actually does provide planning services as well as most of the municipal services, such oh. as water, fire, and wastewater. Uma, how are districts governed? I mean, who makes decisions about, so they, they collect revenues from the areas they serve mm -hmm. And so they then they have all this money. There's cemetery districts. There's all kinds of districts. Then they're they're responsible for spending the money. Who who is the they, and how are they? Um, who's in charge? Sure. So each special district, um, the residents of that district will elect a board of directors, and that board of directors is the governing body for the special district, and they're required. They are governed by a number of laws, uh, state laws, and so in some cases federal laws, depending on the um, the service they provide. And then those directors hold uh, public meetings and adopt annual budgets and have um, a number of planning. Um, documents that guide their um, their operations and uh, planning. So the the LAFCO Commission in Mendocino County, which we'll, we'll talk about who, who's on this commission, who, what, what comprises it, but on the subject of districts, um, <laughs> I forgot what I was going to ask you. Um, uh, I was going to ask you about spending um, their funds, but I can't remember what I was going to ask. So uh, let's just go on to another question. Um, can you give me two, one or two concrete examples, preferably from Mendocino County, of an action that our local, our county's LAPCO has taken that resulted in, say, eliminating, eliminating government or service duplication or preserved ag land or open space? Sure. Um, now, a few years ago, the commission considered and approved an application um, to activate a latent power for the Anderson Valley Community Services District um, to provide ambulance services. So before then, there was a private ambulance provider which had overlapping response areas with the CSD. So in agreement with um, the CSD, they brought the ambulance service provider under its umbrella and uh, went through LAFCO to activate those powers and created efficiency of services, costs, and infrastructure to the residents of that area. Um, another example is that um, we are partners on a Sustainable Agricultural Lands Committee planning grant uh, that is implementing goals and objectives of the Mendocino County Sustainable Agricultural Lands Strategy, which was completed in 20. 
2017, uh, LAFCO's role is primarily tasked with assisting with outreach and with identifying agricultural lands um, as they develop a GIS database. Um, the CKH is what we refer to as the uh, Cortesi Knox Hertzberg, uh, has a somewhat different definition of agricultural lands than the definitions of the Department of Conservation, which is relied upon by most agent planning agencies. Um, so our participation in this effort will support LAFCO's goals for the preservation of agricultural lands and open space. Well, let's just take a moment to introduce um, our guest, Uma Hinman. She's the executive officer of Mendocino County's Local Agency Formation Commission, also known as LAFCO. This is Citizen U. I'm your host, Mari Roden. LAFCOs, I'll just uh, reiterate, are the legislature's watchdog over city and special district boundaries. These commissions, LAFCO commissions, are obscure to most of us, yet they're important and powerful and affect our communities in surprising ways. These days, fire risk is on everyone's mind. You may have heard Alicia Bale's interview last Friday with a reporter from Sacramento where he mentioned CAL FIRE's lack of capacity to conduct fire prevention work. The concern about adequate fire protection really brings home the need for our local firefighting departments to be fully funded, staffed, and trained. This is the issue at the heart of another LAFCO-related matter in the Ukiah Valley, where the Ukiah Valley Fire District is in the process of applying to incorporate or um, the term that's used with um, this topic is annex the city of Ukiah, which is sort of a donut hole in the in the boundaries of of the fire district. So, Uma, could you explain this proposal, why it matters, and how it affects the ability um, of firefighting for the Ukiah Valley? Yeah, um, this proposal has been, has been considered by the district and the city for some time now. We just recently received the application uh, in LAFCO. The city of Ukiah and the Ukiah Valley Fire District cooperate uh, to provide fire protection and emergency response services within their combined jurisdictions under a JPA um, known as the Ukiah Valley Fire Authority. The district has proposed to annex the city of Ukiah um, for three purposes, as stated uh, in their application, um, to further strengthen the operating relationship between the city and the district, to establish a fair and equitable funding resource for fire and emergency medical services for its citizens, and to ensure the fiscal, fiscal stability of fire and emergency services for the long-term benefit of the citizens uh, served by the fire authority. So annexation of the city will expand the assessment base to include the city residents, which already already received the services provided under the fire authority. Um, in so doing, um, it will allow the fire district to meet its 50-50 cost share as agreed to in the JPA and allow the fire district to maintain and improve the fire and emergency medical response um, to all its residences and throughout the Ukiah Valley area. So we're currently reviewing this proposal um, and it is posted on our website under current application proposals for the public to view. Great. Um, I wanted to uh, w go back to the question that I uh, forgot 
um, earlier about special districts, and, and we talked about LAFCO being a, a watchdog and looking over, and I had asked you, um, well, they get all these this revenue from from their tax base, and who's overseeing this? Who's who's looking at it? And I thought this could um, you could talk a little bit about the LAFCO Commission and and its activities related to reviewing districts, municipals, and and what those are. How do sure. we? How do? How does the commission keep an eye on districts and cities and so on? Under the Cortez Knox Hertzberg Act, LAFCOs are required uh, to review all agencies within its jurisdiction, so all special districts and cities, um, through the preparation of what we call municipal service reviews. And those are um, done in conjunction with sphere of influence updates. And a sphere of influence is the planning, is the anticipated planning area um, that a, an agency will grow into in the next five to 20 years. Um, so we are required to review um, and update as necessary every five years. Um, so through that process, um, there's a number of determinations that must be made by the commission. And some of those are related to uh, finances and efficiencies of um, services and costs associated with providing that service and whether or not those um, they are meeting the uh, requirements of that service provision. So we do review their financials at that time. Um, there is a number of levels of review that happen on their finances. Um, through the state um, as well, um, but we do a snapshot in time of what those finances um, look like through that municipal service review process. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is a good time to discuss the composition of a LAFCO commission. Who are these um, commissioners who review the, the municipal service reviews and evaluate them and, and the role of staff in that process? Great. Our um, commission is made up of seven members. We have two members from the county, which are um, are appointed by the county board of supervisors. We have two city members that are appointed by a city selection committee, which is made up of the um, members of each of the cities. We have two special district members, which are uh, elected by our uh, special districts within the county. And we also have a public member um, who is appointed by the commission. We also have alternates for each one of those categories. Would you say their names and um, just to sort of bring this home to people uh, to recognize who, who the commissioners are? Sure, yes. For our um, county members, we have um, Supervisors Mulhern and McGordy. For our city members, we have um, Jerry Gonzalez from Willits and Scott Ignacio from Point Arena. For our special district members, we have Matt Fronberger from the Russian River Flood Control District and Tony Orth from the Brook Trails Township CSD. And our public member is Jerry Ward. Great. Thank you so much, Uma. So I want to bring this back home again. Uh, you know, how, how is all this relevant to, to listeners, um, people in their communities? Um, first, I want to take it to the Ukiah Valley because it's a place I know. And uh, um, a lot of listeners um, may recognize these issues. So the city of Ukiah is hoping to annex areas of the Ukiah Valley that are currently in the unincorporated areas of the county. 
So speaking in general, uh, not about specific properties that may be annexed in the future, but just generally, what are the implications of a city annexing or the, the Ukiah annexing areas that are currently in unincorporated areas of the county? Well, development standards um, and available services differ between jurisdictions. So in general, county land use and development standards are designed more for rural development patterns, while cities plan uh, tend to plan for more intense urban development. Um, so development standards may vary quite a bit between jurisdictions. Um, for example, cities have uh, specific requirements for sidewalks um, required for street design or parking requirements um, that are more um, geared towards urban uh, high-intensity development. And also, um, it allows for consistent design criteria in keeping with the character of a given jurisdiction. So often... In times when urban type development occurs in unincorporated areas, it necessitates a number of service providers to provide the municipal services necessary to support development, for example, uh, water and sewer. Um, in considering changes of organization, one of the commission's tasks is to determine the most efficient and uh, effective service providers for inhabitants of the area in question. Um, so efficiency of services include considerations such as adequacy of representation, uh, reduced duplication of services, consistency and efficiency as of fees and costs, and adequacy of infrastructure. Um, public transportation is another one that often comes into play. Yeah, it's interesting in the Ukiah Valley where you, you know, the city limits um, are smaller than I think a lot of people realize. If they're at the north end of State Street, at Raley's or at In-N-Out Burger, they're actually outside the city limits. And and people living near Ukiah High School, which is just west of that area, many of the people living in that development don't live in the city. Uh, so if they call 911, Really, the the sheriff would would technically respond. That's an example of a service provided by the county. Um, but there are agreements. I, you, maybe you could talk about that. How uh, mutual aid that happens. Um, can you talk about that? The the proximity of the of a city and a county, but it's really one urban area right now, and the issues that arise as a result. I think that one of the things that most people notice um, right off the bat is the fee structure. So, for example, fees can be different uh, within the city for, say, water and sewer versus um, their neighbors right across the street who may happen to be in, in the unincorporated area. I think that's the thing that most people notice. Um, as far as what, what you mentioned about police power or policing, um, as far as the city of Ukiah police versus the um, the, the sheriff's office um, through the county, most of those emergency response agencies have mutual aid agreements in place so that they are able to support each other um, in any given location within their jurisdictions. Mm -hmm. You talked about one of the purposes of LAFCO being to uh, preserve agricultural lands and open space um can 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 the city can a city for example um annex areas like vineyards or orchards 
Um, and thinking again of the Ukiah Valley, could the city annex areas of the valley that uh, people value that are so picturesque in order to protect those assets? Um, can that happen? How, how, do, how does preservation of ag land and open space happen? If, the, if a county can also develop areas, um, you know, so how, do, how, do, how does LAFCO do that? That's a really good question. Um, it's a question that's come up periodically for LAFCO throughout the state. Um, the cortesi knotts hertzberg Act um, are the regulations under which LAFCO operates. Um, and under the CKH, uh, LAFCO is tasked with the preservation of agricultural lands and open space areas. Cities typically annex areas to facilitate urban growth and development. And the CKH states that agricultural and open space areas should not be annexed into local government entities that provide municipal services for that reason. Um, it's also, it also strongly encourages ex exclusion of those areas from spheres of influence, which are again those uh, planning areas where growth is anticipated to occur um, within the next five to 20 years to usually. Um, areas must be within an agency's sphere uh, in order to be considered for annexation. So by placing um, areas within a sphere, it is an indication that those areas will likely develop or be annexed in the future. Um, the CKH also states that the commission must make specific findings should agricultural and open space lands be considered for inclusion in a sphere or um, annexed into a um, municipal provider. So they haven't some cases considered mechanisms ensuring the permanent preservation of such lands as a means of considering those proposals while still maintaining consistency with their regulations um, and required findings. Some examples include uh, cons permanent conservation easements or urban growth boundaries. Um, I don't believe there's any urban growth boundaries with uh, designated in the county of Mendocino at this time, but I know it's used in uh, neighboring counties such as Sonoma. Yeah, I was going to ask you next about Sonoma County. Uh, we don't see growth from Healdsburg or Windsor sprawling into Santa Rosa. What? How does Sonoma County manage these issues? Do you know? And is it something that Mendocino County might take a look at? Well, um, I'm not an expert on it, but I know that um, urban growth boundaries are um, planning uh, delineations um, that are agreed to by the county and the city. And those are, can be used to, um, to really define the urban boundaries and the, the um, separation of cities. So that's and it ensures that there are open spaces and, for example, agricultural areas that exist um, in certain areas as agreed to by both agencies. I think one of the obstacles uh, can be competing interests. Uh, so the local governments rely heavily on sales tax revenue. So areas where retail retail development can happen, um, each jurisdiction wants to, wants to govern the area where retail development can happen. So when I, I think of um, this, the city of Ukiah being able to eventually, um, it hopes to annex areas of the county, but the county has an interest in retaining areas that, that could potentially generate sales tax. And 
they need to come to some sort of agreement that is, um, you know, fair to both parties. How does that happen? There's a process through the Revenue and Tax Code um, regarding tax share negotiations and agreements. And um, while LAFCO doesn't have um, any uh, role to play in that process, um, it is a... Uh, and a process that takes place between the county assessor and auditor and the, the CEO's office and ultimately the board of supervisors and the agencies in question. So, um, for example, the city of Ukiah or any of the cities, and it can apply to special districts as well. And in some counties, they... Um, the agencies get together and they sit down and develop a master tax share agreement, which is an agreement that would apply to any annexations into a city. Um, it's put in place um, beforehand so that annexations can happen in more smoothly and more quickly. Um, and it can apply to uh, property taxes. It can pr uh, apply to um, the sharing of uh, uh, income tax and uh, not income taxes um <laughs> sales tax mm -hmm. and um so these can be put in place beforehand which makes for a much smoother annexation process um mendocino county does not have any master tax share uh, agreements in place so what that means is that each proposed annexation into a, a city or a special district requires that the county and agency enter into this tax share negotiation process um, and come to an agreement on what that share will be. Mm -hmm. So let's take another short break. I introduce my guest uh, in case you just tuned uh, in case you just tuned in. Um, Uma Hinman is the executive officer of Mendocino County's local agency formation commission. This is Citizen You. I'm your host, Mari Roden. All right, I have another question I think everybody's always wondered about. Uh, we have four cities in Mendocino County, Ukiah, Willits, Fort Bragg, and then the tiny city of Point Arena. What is the history of uh, Point Arena becoming a city? Well, I had to look into this one a little bit. Um, so it sounds like um, the city of Point Arena was incorporated in 1908 um, and was uh, done so over a controversy about whether Point Arena would sell alcohol or go dry. So apparently they had a number of liquor licenses and wanted to protect them in case the county went dry. So they incorporated. Um by incorporating, uh, Point Arena can regulate and issue its own liquor licenses, but it can also it also has its own land use authorities. So they now have a city council um, and can provide all the municipal services. And some of those are done under contract with the county because they are so small. Mm -hmm. So again, I, I want to remind listeners that we're going to take calls at 845. The number is 895-2448. 895 2448. Uh, another, uh, sorry, at 945. How can um, LAFCO support agencies during, during a drought? We were having a drought, and many districts uh, have received letters uh, from the water board saying um, that they have to reduce, um, reduce the amount of water 
um, is there is there a role for LAFCO in supporting the communities? Sure. Well, as you can imagine, this question is a pressing is a pressing topic throughout the state, um, and it's re generated a lot of discussion among LAFCOs in recent weeks. Um, there are regulations that specify where and how services can be provided and by whom and under what circumstances. Um, in Mendocino County, we're hearing agencies discussing options for addressing um, water supply shortages and working to cooperate with neighboring agencies for support. Um, most likely, these options will trigger LAFCO consideration. Um, for example, LAFCOs must approve out-of-area service agreements, um, which would most likely apply to transferring water between agencies. We are looking into how best we can support agencies during this emergency, um, and we'll be talking about that uh, with the commission in the next in the next month or two. Um, another way that LAFCO is involved um, is in decisions regarding the efficiency of efficient delivery of services, and we make determinations um, as, as we talked about earlier through our municipal service reviews. Um, in 2012, LAFCO adopted a municipal service review for the Ukiah Valley Special Districts. In so doing, the Commission adopted uh, determinations encouraging the consolidation of water districts within the Ukiah Valley in particular so that they can support each other and, and have a more comprehensive um, and efficient provision of services to their residents. Um, discussion of consolidation among those districts have occurred a number of times. Um, over the years, and the Upper Russian River Water Agency, JPA, was formed to coordinate the operations of the Ukiah Valley Water Districts and also the voluntary consolidation for a regional water agency. So those are discussions that are happening. It is a, um, those will come to LAFCO for consideration and um, ultimate approval um, should the commission then decide to adopt, you know, um, approve that consolidation. So that would be a way for the districts, the water districts in particular, to um, work cl more closely together to provide the services, particularly in times of uh, emergency like we're seeing now. Do the districts desire that sort of consolidation or are there forces opposing that? Um, well, it's a recommendation by LAFCO, and I believe that there are pressures at the state level. Um, so those, the Upper Russian um, River uh, Water Agency, JPA, was formed by the districts on their own um, to pursue the consolidation efforts. Um, they do share a lot of uh, resources already, so um, this would be kind of the next formal step in that process. Mm -hmm. So where does it stand where, where does the consolidation discussion stand right now? It has not come before LAFCO yet. Um, they are, they meet, I believe they meet monthly. Um, they have a uh, website where they post their agendas and um, the Ukiah Valley Sanitation District recently joined their JPA as well. Um, um, but we have not received application for any consolidation efforts at this time. If the LAFCO Commission sees that that there could be an economy of scale and efficiency of services, if a, for if consolidation were to happen, can a commission be activist and put push that consolidation, or does it need to take a more passive role and wait for an application to come forward? 
There are provisions in the CKH for LAFCO-initiated um, processes, uh, such as uh, annexations and dissolutions. Um, LAFCO much prefers for the agencies to work together um, on a plan and have a, a come have a collaborative approach to that uh, consolidation um, rather than to initiate it themselves. Mm -hmm. um, at this time, I don't see the current commission making that kind of, um, taking that kind of initiative. Our approach is really to encourage the agencies to um, collaborate and work together to come up with a plan because that will ultimately be the best for, for both the districts and the, the residents. Mm -hmm. Now uh, that we know what LAFCO is, what it does, what could you describe a sort of a typical uh, LAFCO meeting? What 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 does this commission do? They meet every month. I happen to be an alternate yeah. um, city representative, so I know a little bit about this. But um, in fact, there was a meeting yesterday. Um, you could talk about that. Yeah. We meet, uh, the commission meets once a month. Um, we do have a, a couple of subcommittees that can meet more frequently, um, but the regular commission meetings are on the first Monday of the month, um, with some exceptions due to holidays. Um, all of our meetings are posted on our website, mendolafco.org. Um, commission meetings are live streamed, um, and there's also a video recording available on the county's YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. um, we typically, uh, typical agenda items for the commission are um, are related to carrying out the state mandates, uh, such as the municipal service reviews and sphere of influence updates. Um, the commission can also um, uh, initiate special studies so that um, they can consider that at times. Um, they hear matters that affect the provision of municipal services, such as water, sewer, and fire. They also um, can consider applications from cities and special districts for jurisdictional and sphere of influence boundary changes um, and activation of latent powers. And um, also, we adopt what, the annual budget and work program that we implement. What does that mean, activation of latent powers? That sounds so jargony uh, for listeners. <laughs> can do you just riff on this idea of, of what that means and what districts have? Yeah. Sure. Each um, special district law um, enumerates what potential powers that type of district can have. So, for example, a CSD, which can could possibly provide water, fire, sewer, uh, planning, a um, CS police powers. Sorry to interrupt you. CSD. What does CSD stand for? Community Services District. So it's one type of special district that can provide multiple services. And then LAFCO activation of latent powers refers to um, the process um, by which they are um, authorized to provide each of those services. So they would come to LAFCO, for example, the Anderson Valley CSD again. Um, they came to us and said that they would like to start to provide ambulance services. And so they came to us with an application for to activate that power, which is um, one of one of the powers of the CSD law. Mm -hmm. So yesterday on uh, Monday, yes, yesterday on the agenda uh, was a, a workshop reviewing a uh, MSR, Municipal Service Review, 
which is an, a five-year review of the Covalo Community Services District. So talk, I think, I think it's interesting, um, the issues that, that were discussed, what came forward in the Municipal Services Review. Um, things are, um, you know, they provide vital sanitary, you know, sewer, they have a, a wastewater treatment plant, but things are not all all great in, in that situation. Can you talk a little bit about what, what we learned from this um, review of the Covalo Community Services District? Sure. Um, the Covalo Community Services District is a single service district, so they just provide sewer services. Um, and they, that was, um, they were formed um, because there was uh, sanitary issues with the uh, private wells. So Covalo is a very small community. It's very isolated. Um, there is no uh, municipal water provider. So each of the small lots in the core part of um, the community of Covalo are served by private wells. Um, so in the 60s, um, they were uh, formed in order to provide a um, community sewer system uh, to avoid the um, intrusion of the septic system into the private wells. So Covalo being so isolated, it's also a severely disadvantaged community, uh, which is a definition through Department of Water Resources that means that the average income for the community is 60% of the median household income at the state level. Um, so it being a severely disadvantaged community, um, they, uh, it is difficult to, um, well, I guess for most small districts um, throughout the county, uh, finances are always a difficult, uh, a difficult thing for the for the districts. So, um, a number of issues that this district faces is having the uh, capital to uh, make improvements to their system. They have been fortunate to um, receive some grants through uh, Department of Water Resources, and they're also applying for other grants through the state water board um, to upgrade their system but what we found in Cobolo, and i imagine this is pretty similar throughout the county is that um, the impacts to the, the systems are often hard to quantify for example population um, when we do these studies we base the information on um, information from the for example the census the census data um, and we are finding that the populations are oftentimes much larger than what is reported. So that is a, can be a fairly high impact to a service provider such as a sewer, a sewer service provider. Mm -hmm. So the, let's just go back for a second to severely disadvantaged community. Um, so we were looking at the financials and, and of, of the district of the past, I don't know, four or five years, and they're operating at a deficit each year and so what is what is LAFCO's role in um, in responding you know in, in notifying them and what is the district required to do or recommended to do in response to the findings that LAFCO makes um, well, mostly it's a transparency um, LAFCO is bringing that to light that and bringing that to the attention of um, both the district and um, the residents that um, they are operating a deficit and it and it rec the commission 
and we'll make recommendations on, um, for example, uh, working towards balancing their budget each year. Um, that can be very difficult to do for these small districts. And this is something um, that came to light a few years ago when we were doing cemetery districts, um, reviewing cemetery districts and their municipal, through their municipal service review. Um, in some cases for the cemetery districts, some of the uh, district the districts did not realize that they were opposite, operating at such a deficit each year. Um, they had very small budgets and um, had mostly staffed with volunteers. Um, so sometimes these municipal service reviews provide information that really help the district take a, a solid look at where they are and make steps for improvement. And that's the goal of the municipal service reviews and the hope. They did, the commission can um, request that um, an informational report be brought forward in a year or two or within a certain time frame to see if um, to help track those situations and um, support those districts in making uh, changes. Great. So we're ready to take calls. The number is 895-2448. If anyone has any questions um, about services, services uh, now provided by uh, provided by special districts, provided by cities. Um, we're, we're here to take your calls. But I do have some more questions in the meantime. Uh, the number again, 895-2448. Oh, there, we do have a question. What? Yes, caller. Uh, the number again, 895 Yes, am I on? Yes. Okay, this is, um, uh, I'm very much, this is pro very appropriate right now. I'm uh, in the process of trying to figure out how to get the local um, road improvements in, that are being, uh, to me, projected into our community. I don't know if it's a special district or not, but I would like to see it reviewed uh, in the heartland of Willits. We have a rural-urban interface where uh, there's open space. There's a park that has a black walnut tree and an apple tree and uh, wildlife, and it's used by the community, and people walk. It's a walking residential area, and the city wants to come and pave four to six inches of asphalt, and it's going to qualitatively alter and transform the quality. We have no sidewalks. Mm-hmm. There is a rural character. People walk all the time. There's very little traffic. Right. And there's been no environmental impact reports. The meetings have been all closed. Everything is being, it's going up for bid. They're going to open the bids on, on Wednesday, Thursday. And I am just freaking out because we're going to be invaded by modern day, you know, six inches of asphalt. And a friend of mine has on Della, which is unincorporated, it's in the county. He said three times in three years they have dug up his street, put in culverts, dug up his street to put in natural gas, dug up his street to put in sewage. And if they don't coordinate, this is exactly what, what I'm thinking while I'm hearing you speak. I grew up in the Bay Area in Contra Costa County in Danville, and I watched a lot of LAFCO sphere of influence coming and going. And so I'm a little bit familiar with what's happening, but there's no local input. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, when you're talking state and county and city, where is the room for the individual person on the on the ground level? Mm-hmm. We walk. Yeah. There's skateboarders. There's mothers pushing strollers. There's women walking around the block. It's a neighborhood. It's our community. It's my home. Right. I hear. I hear you. And I've got deer. Yeah. We've got. 
Yeah, I hear you, caller. Thank you for that question. I think it's exactly uh, along the lines of what we're talking about this morning. Um, the city of Uca uh, sorry, the city of Willits. Um, this woman's living in a rural area. Uma, can you respond to the caller's question and concerns, and uh, where where does she go to uh, provide public input? Sure. Well, it's um, it sounds like this, um, that she is located within the city of Willits. So the appropriate avenue would be through the city council um, for uh, for the Willits City Council. So all of their meetings are um, required by the Brown Act to be open to the public. Um, and I know that it has been a bit complicated this past year and a half uh, through the COVID uh, pandemic, but. There's always some phone-in option or uh, meeting uh, participation, uh, remote meeting participation. Um, so at the beginning, usually at the beginning of each uh, Brown Act meeting, which all of these are subject to the Brown Act, um, all public agency meetings, um, the, um, there is a public comment period. And during that period, um, anyone can um, ex have three minutes usually to express their concerns before the city council. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting. Suggestion. I think it's interesting her, her issue is uh, an example of, you know, an urban, in a city is an urban area and there's sidewalks, um, but she's valuing, you know, the rural the rural aspects of her country roads. We have another caller, so I'm going to open up the phone line again. Hi, caller. You're on the air. Hi there. Good morning. Can you hear me? I do. Okay. I had a question in regards to um, our community service districts. Um, first of all, there's a lot of unincorporated areas where limited liability corporations are buying up properties uh, for income generation pursuits, be it vacation rentals, campgrounds, Airbnbs. Taxes go to the county or to uh, a city within this uh, Mendocino County. Community service districts um, operate on, uh, they don't, they're not uh, taxing, and under Prop 13, we are limited in how we um, enact taxation. So why can't community service districts um, uh, pitch, in, in this state of California, legislation to have taxation, some type of taxation system that could fund fund them. And of course and then my question is how community how do community service dis district fund themselves? Thank this you. is a great show and I'll take my uh, my answer uh, I'm gonna go off the phone, okay? Thank you so much for your question. Uma, can you answer that question about how community service districts uh, fund themselves? Sure. Well, in some cases, they do get a portion of the ad valorem taxes. Um, it's usually a very small percentage. Um, the county has to uh, divvy up those taxes, and that is usually uh, determined when the uh, agency is formed. Um, CSDs um, oftentimes have um, enterprise services, which are uh, services for um, 
for fees such as water and sewer. Um, and so those fees have to cover the services they provide, um, the pr operations and maintenance and uh, improvements that are necessary. CSDs also have the ability um, through the Prop 218 process to, um, and which requires an election usually, um, which has to go to the voters, um, a process for establishing um, assessments, benefit assessments. So that is another way that they can um, fund themselves or usually that's for a specific type of service. For example, fire services um, is often um, done through a benefit assessment that is passed by the voters and um, for that specific district. Mm -hmm. So they can raise those those fees if they need to. And in the case of Covalo, we were talking earlier, uh, they really, the, the community services district needs to raise funds, but it's a severely disadvantaged community and they're having to look to grants to upgrade their their pipes and their their plant. But I was just, mm -hmm. I just wanted to confirm, is that correct, that if more funds are needed, a, a district can raise raise the fees, the That's taxes? Correct. They um, periodically a district will uh, do a fee rate study, and during that time, the their board of directors will consider and um, adopt a fee structure. Um, so that that needs to happen periodically because uh, inflation and things change, um, and also capital improvement needs for a, a district. Um, and as you mentioned, in a place like Cobalo or some of these other severely disadvantaged communities within the county, um, that can be a difficult decision for the directors to make. The board of directors. Um, oftentimes, if they, one of the conditions of obtaining a grant through Department of Water Resources or the uh, State Water Board, um, they will have to meet a minimum um, rate um, to their payers in order to show due diligence as far as, um, um, you know, uh, increasing their costs to offset the expenses. One other interesting finding from yesterday's meeting about Covalo was that they have, um, they're supposed to have five uh, members on their board, on the district's board, but they only have three because they can't recruit any other people to serve on the board. And I guess two or maybe all three of the current board members are long-standing board members. And, and so I'm curious about what happens when uh, you can't fill a, a district board. Um, and we just have two minutes left, but, but what happens when we can't fill a district board or what happens, um, you know, if you, yeah. It's, it can be very difficult in the small rural areas to, um, to fill boards completely. And we've seen this for a number of districts and agencies through throughout Mendocino County. The Board of Supervisors has the ability to appoint um, directors to boards or trustees to boards um, if they are not able to fill them through elections uh, on their own. Mm -hmm. um, usually that takes working with the uh, county supervisor for that area um, and then they initiate that with the Board of Supervisors to make those appointments. Mm -hmm. All right. Well. Um, Uma, thank you. Uma Hinman, she's the Executive Officer of Mendocino County's Local Agency Formation Commission, uh, an obscure yet important commission. 
uh, in Mendocino County that makes lots of decisions that affect the lives of, um, of us in Mendocino County communities. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the pilot episode of Citizen U. I'm your host, Mari Roden. I hope you enjoyed the show. I guess we have one, still one more minute. I will um, say again that Citizen U is um, a forum for exploring local government and related issues in depth to increase your civic literacy and with that your ability to be an effective participant in local democracy. I'm your host, Mari Roden. I hope, uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.